Hello, my name is Ben. And my name's Andrew. And we are your hosts of the Two Vague Podcast this week. One word, two hosts, stories, trivia, and video games. Andrew, joining me again after his exhausting vacation? It was, uh, you know, it was relaxing. Okay. And exhausting. I think that's the way most vacations kind of work out. Sometimes you need a little time off from your vacation at the end, and I kind of build that in myself. We, we paced it well. Mm-hmm. And then, but at the end of it, we're definitely tired. Yeah, I saw the pictures. <laughs> the pictures that I saw, it reminded me of being stuck in a line at the DMV to get your driver's license photo. Mm-hmm. And you've been waiting for like three hours, and then that's what you'd get. I'm glad you're you're back and in good health. I'm excited to hear what you have to say about the word this week, which is Italy. Italy. Yes. Italy, where all the Ittles live. I, I don't know. <laughs> the Ittles. I've got this really dumb joke that I tell whenever I go to the coffee shop. The coffee shop. Yeah. One of my regular orders before I go to work, is a quad espresso con panna. Mm-hmm. And my joke is, yeah, you know, that's uh, espresso con panna. That's Italian for espresso with panna. Yeah. Yeah. With panna. Yeah. Con- anyway, it's a dad joke. Kind of like when you talk about the Leaning Tower of Pizzas. Oh, yeah. Did you go see the Leaning Tower of Pizzas? We didn't. We thought about it, but we were tired that day. Before we get into the sites that you actually did see, you want to start with the definition of Italy? Yeah. How do, how do you define Italy? Well, officially the Italian Republic or the Republic of Italy, located in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, consists of a peninsula and the Alps surrounded by several islands. Italy covers an area of 301,000 square kilometers, approximately. Population of about 60 million, the third most populous member state of the European Union, the sixth most populous country in Europe, and the 10th largest country in the continent by land area. And of course, Italy's capital and largest city is Rome. Italy shares land borders with France, Switzerland, Austria, Slovenia, and some microstates, I guess, Vatican City and Oh, the Vatican City. That's right. Oh, we went there. Vatican City. Very cool. I mean, we were in Rome and we walked down the street till it turned into the Vatican City. Okay. And then you walked back? We walked back. Yeah, it was... uh, Was it one of those Big Ben Parliament kind of situations? Hey, look, kids. Big Ben Parliament. It was a little bit like that. It was kind of funny. (laughs) So, yeah, we were in Italy. Our first couple of days, we were in Rome we knew we wanted to see as much as we could without losing our minds. So one of the things that we did was there's they have these like hop on, hop off bus tours that kind of circle oh, yeah. all the sites. Catherine wanted to go see the Vatican. So we got off at this one spot and and she was like looking at Google Maps trying to figure out how to get to the Vatican City. And I'm like, well, it's right there. It, it, you know, there's the, you know, St. Peter's Basilica mm-hmm. facing out on the square. And I'm like, because I had took art history. And I was just looking at like, it's right there. And like, she's like looking at her phone walking and their phone gives her this weird directions to go around out the side. And I was like, no, but it's, that's it. (laughs) 
I didn't quite realize what the disconnect was, but did you eventually figure it out? It was just kind of oh, like... we did, and by eventually, like we were just walking in the right direction. I just, I just didn't realize how closely she was following the phone directions. Where and I was like, "Yep, this big road that goes right up to the big cathedral with the big round uh, plaza in front of it, with all the chairs still set up because the Pope did a speech this morning." Yep, that's this is the Vatican City. Yep. Yeah. Did you know that there was going to be a Pope speech? No, we didn't know. It was uh, apparently there's this, uh, whatever, this Catholic festival day called like Angelus, which I don't know. It's one of those important Jesus days. I, I don't remember what it is. Is it the day that the angel came and told Mary that, hey, you're going to have a baby? Surprise. And it will be the son of God. Maybe it's that, or maybe it's something else hmm. that has to do with an angel. And I totally Wikipedia'd it, and then I forgot it. I was not raised Catholic, so I don't remember. Don't remember. I don't remember all the. I I don't know. Every day of the calendar is a different. Well, you kind of establish that by saying one of those Jesus days. I think you set the level appropriately for your knowledge of of religion well, i know that there's christmas and there's easter and like as a protestant i was growing up knowing that there was christmas and easter mm-hmm. and then this other thing called uh palm sunday and then an ash wednesday right which seemed like part of an extended easter but without chocolate and then uh and now there's these other Jesus days. You had to do the ash thing on the forehead. Do Protestants do that? We didn't have to do that. Uh, some Protestants do. We didn't do it. Mm. Except for maybe, uh, maybe like in Sunday school we did it. But it was on Sunday, not on Wednesday. So the denomination I grew up in was a, a very liberal one. Yeah. Jesus said a lot of good things we should listen to. <laughs> we should take Jesus seriously. I think that's what it is. Like, yeah, that was the... The, the message that was the the bar we had to cross was take jesus message seriously it wasn't like you have to believe it 100 just take it seriously yeah like and so that that left me with an improper understanding of the depths to what faith meant to other people okay talking about jesus stuff yeah jesus <laughs> yeah but we're like in the most jesus city but okay so you spent some time in vatican city or at least a few minutes in vatican city we spent uh a little bit of time in vatican city we maybe 20 minutes here was the interesting part this was the thing that let me know we actually went into a different country okay because there were um a couple like uh italian army personnel Mm -hmm. like outside like there was like barricades around it i think the barricades were set up because there was a big uh poke thing in the morning that day but the barricades are still up and there were a couple italian army personnel right outside and it was like we're crossing a border but mm-hmm. it was still the eu so we didn't really have to show our passports right what they refer to it in the definition is vatican city as a microstate. i learned how about how that happened so for a long time italy was not one unified country there were a lot of different city states and you know, there was the Venetian Republic, which was its own deal. And there was Florence kind of had its own deal for a bit. And there were a lot of things that were called like the papal states. Mm-hmm. The church kind of controlled a big chunk of Italy. I think it was during the late 1800s, Italy uh, unified 
became a kingdom of Italy, but the Vatican did not want to become part of Italy. They wanted to keep their independent status, even though every single part of their lands had been taken over by the the unified uh, kingdom of Italy. Right. So for a long time, they were just kind of like cut off. Like they they were just embargoed. Right. So the Vatican City was like, they were not recognized as their own country. Mm -hmm. They were just this uh, little enclave that refused to participate with the rest of Italy. So it was just kind of shut off. And uh, they were not allowed to participate with the rest of the economy or whatever. And that would, went on for decades. And then this guy named uh, Mussolini cut a deal with the Pope that said, sure, you can have your own little micro state, just, and we'll just call it all good. And I, I'm sure there was more to it than that. Right. But uh, it, that was like a big deal that the Catholic Church was allowed to have its little micro state within rome right yeah i don't know i probably smooth over a lot of bitterness but then you know mussolini stuff there's a fine line between jesus stuff and mussolini stuff yeah they got the jesus stuff on the one hand then the mussolini stuff and it's like well where's the venn diagram there i don't know it, it just where just the micro state portion i i think the fascinating part is that we have this micro state that has more embassies than any other country because technically every catholic church is an embassy of the vatican oh wow so you can go and seek political asylum in a church interesting there are sanctuaries Mm -hmm. anywhere on the earth that is a catholic church can function as an embassy of the vatican and according to certain a certain nerdy perspective right now legally though Legally, though, I th- I think some places you can get away with it legally. But, you know, there's also this, like, medieval concept of going to a church for sanctuary. So it kind of makes sense. People would, like, hide out from the law in the church and be like, oh, your laws don't work here because we're the country of God. It's all Jesus-y in, up in here. I don't know. Man, why are we getting too Jesus-y? I, <laughs> I worry about it. Well, there's a certain segment of the population who said you can't be too Jesus-y. Uh, yeah, okay. But I, I mean, I think it's interesting, you know, just the history of the, of that, of the Vatican City and the fact that you visited there yeah. and learned, yeah. learned that. That's an interesting thing. How was the architecture around Vatican City? Was it, is there any modern architecture in Vatican City? Um, or is it mostly, where we looked. Yeah. It was like all that stuff Michelangelo designed. That's their facade. We just saw the front doorstep, really. So, gotcha. You know. Did you see any of those... Um, any of the medical professionals there with the leeches? I, th- I think that's 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 like 16th century, 15th century, right? 16th century. It's very interesting to do people watching while you're going to places like that. Was it mostly tourists that you saw in Rome, or was it you know, or can you discern like depending on the location you go, that's very touristy, and that's where the people will be. I would say the part of Rome we were in, we we're like right in the middle. In the the prime touristy area, I think, yeah, we we picked a a hotel that was close to the a train station that was close to where the Colosseum was, right? Because we knew we were just going to be there for two days. We wanted to be able to, you know, maximize what we're looking at, and so I feel like we stayed in a very touristy area. Gotcha. But it was interesting to see the different kinds of tourists because there was one night where we um, had dinner at a. A little place that was right by our hotel mm-hmm. 
And the people that worked there, I would say were from different parts of Europe. Knowing English was a definite plus, but uh, the next table over, there was a party of Germans mm-hmm. and uh, I was overhearing them with my like one semester of German that I took in uh, college and talking with their, their server who like, she was also German and they had this little conversation. I could pick up the gist of it. Like she was really happy to be able to speak German with customers. Cause when they hired her, you know, the big question was how good's your English? And he's like, Oh, but you know so it's interesting there's this weird uh dynamic in europe where english is definitely the main common language Mm -hmm. if people from different countries go to one place like the odds are that they you know if they're from different countries they have a basic rudimentary understanding of english Mm -hmm. at least to get by with ordering food or whatever. Um, so that was interesting, especially considering that the UK uh, did their Brexit thing a few years back, you know? Right. But it's like a lot of tourists are Americans or Brits. So the occasional Australian, that's probably more than the occasional Australian. I, I know that you have a picture of the statue of David that you sent me. Oh yeah. Um, you saw that, you saw the Coliseum. Yeah, the name is actually in Florence, so that's a totally different city. So uh, right, so you traveled. Was this before or after the the festivities? You went to some sort of a a vineyard or whatever, or did you? Oh, this was awesome. Okay, so yeah, Catherine's parents. It was their fiftieth anniversary, so they uh, hosted the whole family at a villa mm-hmm. in in Tuscany. So there was this cool little. No, actually, it was a this great big stone farmhouse you know three floors lots of bedrooms we rented out the whole place and it was uh part of like an agritourism sort of place so the the building was actually the land surrounding it was still a working farm so there's a vineyard there yeah and there'd be guys coming out doing farm stuff every day so that was a totally neat other experience yeah uh so after two days in rome we took a train to Florence, then I had to get a rental car, which uh, was amazing. First, we had to walk through uh, these narrow streets that also people, people are, other people are walking on, but also, you know, cars drive on it too. And it's like the sidewalks are barely even there. It's great. And the rental car place was just like a few blocks away. But um, of course, everybody's lined up outside trying to get their stuff trying to get their choice of vehicle i don't know if there was any choice involved no <laughs> it was like everybody that had already been registered so you know everybody who had reservations like still had to go through the thing where you it was just like a enterprise rent a car like even if your your rental is like scheduled to be at what 4 30 p.m you right. still freaking got a put up with the seven people that are in line ahead of you. And so it was pretty much all fiats. Is that what it was? Or were there things like as high class, like your Alfa Romeos or Ferraris or Lamborghinis or whatever other Italian cars there are? I don't believe this rental place had uh, those options, but there was no race option. I might've just, uh, when I, I scheduled on Expedia. I might not have been looking at those options. So, um, <laughs> but, but you know, we wanted a car that would have enough room for luggage for three people because 
my adult daughter star was meeting us there so so it was a fiat it was a fiat so we got the big fiat though oh okay so it was uh yeah there was a back seat with back doors and i want to say it was called a fiat 500 l oh um, an l okay then l yeah because the five hundreds are the five hundreds are the regular ones that, yeah, that yeah, they sell yeah. here. Two door and you squeeze into the back if you yeah. want to get in there. No. So this this was the the big fiat, which was still a fiat. But um it was cool. The the rental car guy, it was kind of funny. We, you know, checked in at the office and then the garage was across the street and we go in and everybody we'd just been in line behind before was in line in there to pick up their cars. And then they found, uh, by the time it was our turn, then they had a guy say, oh, drive them up to their car up on the, you know, third floor or whatever. And the guy drove us and then he just sort of picked the first, uh, Fiat that was the right color and told us that was our car. Hmm. Okay. And, and then we tried, uh, to, uh, put the key in the ignition and it would not work because that was not our car. And then we found another employee and we're like, hey, what's going on? And they looked at it and he's like, yeah, I took you to the wrong car. And then he found our car and it was fine. But it was just like this kind of thing where it was like, hmm, really good system, guys. That's not dissimilar from most rental car places, right? I mean, no, not, not at all. I mean, it's, yeah. So the Fiat was nice. Was a nice, uh, I mean, what is the, the equivalent size and type that you had? Like, if you compared it to an American car, is it still a compact or is it? Yeah, it's still a compact. Okay. It was interesting to see, like, the types of cars. Like, the um, they're just littler there. They have to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes them more maneuverable and so so on and so forth, right? Yeah, because um, that, the thing is, like, uh, like, right away, like, I get in this little car and it's a manual transmission and it's been a while since I've driven a manual. Mm-hmm. And it was mostly fine, except for this one little quirk that was like my normal car that I drive is a Toyota Prius. My muscle memory was getting in the way with me because the to put the Prius in reverse yeah. is putting a little gear shifter knob in the exact same spot as first gear on this Fiat, which was in a normal first gear per position for a manual. Mm-hmm. And I would just like always starting off the car and then thinking I'm in reverse and then uh, no, I'm in first. <laughs> you know, at the time I was like confused. Why am I, do I keep doing this? And then I realized like, oh, it's probably because the way the setup is on my car at home. And then I got back and I realized, yep, that's exactly what it was. So it's just muscle memory. But it was fun driving it. There weren't any unique sort of traffic laws that you had to be uh, concerned with or differences there. Or It's Mad Max. It's oh, fantastic. Really? Well, no, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's, it, it was, um, it's like, okay. You get the rocket launchers. Did we get the rocket, the machine guns on there? No. You don't, you don't know about road rage. No, there was no road rage. It was fun. The biggest thing was like getting out of this garage. And then all of a sudden we're like in the middle of Florence, which is like a medieval city. So the roads are made for like, you know, they're, they're not made for lots of cars to drive through them. So. You know, they're like these tiny little streets that are, you know, basically alleys and just trying to get out of the town and onto the road. I was like, I felt like I was driving down a street in Disneyland oh, yeah. <laughs> full of all the people. I was like, 
we're driving in Disneyland now. So that was kind of hilarious. So it wasn't big enough for two. It was just a one car and pedestrian sort of. Yeah. Right. Really? Yeah. There was like one. Yeah, it was a one way. Yeah. It was lots of one way. One way streets. Okay. When you're in the city. And then. So then we got out and then we got onto the, you know, their highway. And of course, there was a cool little toll booth. Got to go through, take out a ticket, just like the New Jersey Turnpike is great. Right. Um, and then get on there. And then, like, there's like the metric system comes into play because yeah, everything's like kilometers per hour. And I'm like, I don't really know what that really is. And then I go and I see like this road sign says 130, and I'm like, ooh, we can go 130. But like, it's interesting, like the way the speed limits worked on the. Oh, is Autostrada. That was the word, the Autostrada. I was just about to say that, not to be confused with the Chips actor. Eric. Eric Estrada. I noticed that other people were not driving 130. It was like, you drive as fast as you feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. Is that the way it works there? At least where we were on this particular road, it was like, not many people would go all the way up to the speed limit. Uh-huh. So it was like really easy, like passing around slow folks because it wasn't like everybody was jockeying to be first. Most people were like pretty cool with going this speed and like, oh, well, we can't. And then I was like, I did the mental math and I was like, I think 130 is like 80. And I was like, do I want to drive a Fiat at 80? And I don't know. <laughs> so my comfort zone was like, I'm, I'm figuring it out. And I was like, OK, I, I can figure it out with these other slow folks. Because yeah. there's also a lot of like really underpowered cars because they're all tiny. So gotcha. Yeah. So it's like a different culture of driving, but you can go that fast if you've got the horsepower and and the will. And because not everybody is like crowding up the passing lane trying to be first in a race that nobody wins. Right. <laughs> it's it's like oh okay. We're all getting there. So The flow of traffic in the United States, typically everyone is going the speed limit or higher. Yeah. And then just having the passing lane stuff, like no one, they say it in the, in the manual, in the DMV manuals, keep your slower traffic to the right. Yeah. But it doesn't happen. But here's like another thing is like, I do believe the, the actual lanes themselves are narrower mm -hmm. than in the United States. So... You really have to be paying attention to what you're doing. You can't be drifting off. And, you know, so it's necessarily more engaging to the driver. Like, right. Then, uh, you know, the toll plaza is fun. I got to throw in the funny European money into the thing. And, you know, it was great. Uh, then you get off of that. And then then you get to go um, do the little uh, roundabouts. Oh, yeah. Roundabouts. Definitely a mainstay of European traffic. Yeah, little traffic circles. Now, I didn't do any of, like, the great big ones. Like, those were all, like, you know, really pretty easy to get on and off. Yeah. And, but but it was just kind of fun to be like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. And, you know, you just go and you merge in and you merge out. And you take for, you, you just sort of take it as a matter of faith that everybody around you knows how to drive. You know, you kind of yield at the beginning of the roundabout, but you're like, see, oh, here's my spot. And you go in and then you get out and then. Right. It's very fluid. It was very fluid, very civilized. Yeah. And then we got to like the little town where the villa was. Mm -hmm. And then you go in and then it's a very narrow one lane road, but there could be traffic both ways on it. 
So you're sort of like keeping your eyes out a little bit of ahead for, uh, is there another car coming? Should I be ready to pull off to the side before this little tunnel thing that I know is up here? Yeah. So I mean, there were tunnels. There was one little bit that like, um, it was like a, a tiny tunnel. Like there was like an old roadway or something. I don't know what it was that went above. Cause I feel like it was just past a railroad crossing. So I'm not sure what this little, there was like a stone arch thing and yeah, it was an underpass of something. Maybe it was an aqueduct. I don't know. Definitely was not a channel. It was not a channel. No, but it was like something that you don't want to be facing oncoming traffic in the middle of it. So you had to make sure before you entered that it was all clear. You had to and, make sure that, and it, you know, it's like 20 meters at most. If we're going to be metric. So you weren't frustrated by all this driving. You were. It was. It was good driving for you. It was. You know for, I mean? for me, it was fun. Yeah, I was surprised at how how just fun I thought it was. What about your passengers? Your passengers? Did they think it was as fun as you thought it was? <laughs> I think my passengers were glad that I was enjoying it. Yeah, it was kind of fun. Oh, because also like the smartphones are pretty awesome. I could plug my uh my smartphone into that and do the the maps thing and it would come up on the display so that really helped a lot oh yeah so there was no fussing around with maps and stuff you know but i was i was like really surprised at how much fun i had driving i thought you know because you think about oh this is gonna be terrifying and i go out and it's like no this is great yeah everybody who is driving knows that they got to be freaking paying attention and then we sort of got rear-ended so (laughs) (laughs) sort of well actually it it was on one of our days we did a little day trip and we were coming back and you know coming out of the toll plaza and then trying to merge onto the the other road you know the traffic was a little bit heavy it was late afternoon might have hesitated too much so i missed the spot to go join the flow and then crunch somebody behind us like bumped right into us and was like well, what the hell and then it was like trying to this whole thing is like well where do we pull over there's nowhere to pull over just yet and then i was like looking for it and then the other guy just like took off yeah and then i was like you know what we got the full insurance who cares right when we got back yeah there wasn't any damage it was just like what that's kind of interesting too how that kind of stuff works there with insurance I don't know what the traffic rules are in Italy, and I don't know if you're required to have insurance there like you are in the United States, but it seems with the way that they drive. I think you want to have the insurance. Anywhere you travel, you definitely want insurance, period, in a sense. Let's just talk to the the audience here. Make sure you get your insurance when you rent an automobile, because you never know. You just never know. You never know. Yeah, so that that was like the main thing. Like usually, like if I rent a car in the United States, I know my regular car insurance would, uh, you know, cover the use of a rental. Mm-hmm. But we we're going to Italy, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna pay for the the insurance with with the car rental place. I will be happy about it. Yeah, I will not lose any sleep. And um, it, it turned out that yeah, we. Got the little bump on the rear end and the guy took off and I was like, what do we do? And then I was like, well, there's nothing you can do, right? We're going to go back to the villa and see how bad it looks. And then we went and looked and 
nothing looked bad. So just a little love tap. Uh, love? I mean, really? A little love. A little aggressive. Yeah. Welcome to Italy. <laughs> I was. Was it another Fiat? Are they like the most popular car in in Italy as far as what you saw on the road? Well, or? there were a lot of them. I mean, you know, it's an Italian car. I saw a lot of uh, cool brands. There was like Dacia, Dacia or Dacia. Uh-huh. Saw some Opals. Okay. And these are car makers, yeah? These are car makers. Uh, I saw like some European makes. Oh, okay. Okay. That you don't usually... Oh, Citroens. Saw some Citroens. Aren't those big in the UK too? Citrons? Yeah. Yeah. Fiat is... Look it up. What's the abbreviation? Do you want me to do it or do you want to say it? I'd have to look it up on my Google device. I can do that. I'm on my phone. I've got it. Because I also looked up the other part of the abbreviation because the Fiat Automobiles SPA, uppercase S, lowercase P, uppercase A. Do you know what the SPA is? Probably Italian for corporation. It is Societa per Ezioni, which is company with shares, which is like a joint stock sort of company. Yeah, so it's a corporation. That's what a corporation, yeah. But Fiat itself is Fabrizia Italiana Automobile di Torino. Di Torino. Italian Automobiles Factory of Turin. Yeah. yeah. History traces back to 1899. When the first Fiat automobile, which is called the Fiat 4HP, was produced. And it has an interesting history, but I mean, I would say, you know, that's one of those cars here. How much do you think a Fiat runs here in the United States? Just ballpark. $30,000. I don't know. That's about right. Yeah, that's about right. right. Okay. Depending on which model you get. I mean, but yeah. I mean, and those are, they are small. They're very, very small but I'm comparing them to U.S. cars. So yeah. compared to other Italian cars, are they about just the same size? Yeah, they're they're a very common size. And you're like, if you see, like, you just, like, see what the roads are like mm-hmm. and what the parking situations are like and what you have to navigate, it's like, oh, you need a small car. Right. In fact, there are some parts of towns where they're like, this is, you cannot drive here unless you have a special permit. But also it's like the inner cities of some of the older towns where there's lots of things that tourists want to see. Yeah. So in Florence, I, I saw some very tiny garbage trucks. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, they were, calling it a truck is a, a stretch, but it was like, you know, they were just like these little, the Japanese trucks, you know, mm-hmm. that people like to import. They were like even smaller than those. Oh, like Really? Yeah, it, it was just like his, his little tiny vehicles, like this, he's going through and like picking up some trash cans worth of stuff and getting out of there. It's like, yeah. it's like an all day job picking up the tourist trash. In uh, every time I see a Fiat here, I think of Renault Le Car. Oh, no. remember those? Le Car, the, yeah. yeah, or as I like to call them, a fancy Yugo. <laughs> fancy Yugo. The Yugos, oh, like Yugos. yeah, Yugos. That, that, that didn't last long. Yeah. No Yugos. Last about Yugos? As, yeah, no, that probably lasted about as long as the Yugo lasted, like physically. Yeah. Physically, you know, uh, the, made that's... made of corrugated cardboard. There was a Saturday Night Live episode where oh, they yeah, did the the Adobe car, the Adobe. <laughs> yep, where everyone gets out of the ja- in... Japanese engineering and Mexican know-how. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Adobe. <laughs> 
everyone is like going to the tennis club and they get out in their whites and you see the big red stains on the back of their yeah yeah but you had fun with the lacars not the lacars sorry the fiats the fiats yeah the fiat yeah was fun you said that you drove the fiat there right yeah to the yeah it was an actual working vineyard yeah was it a fancy one or, or was it like more old school like did they have like big great presses like large great presses and stuff um, like industrial sized or was it more of just a family I think orchard? It was a family a family run thing it wasn't very i didn't see too much of like the the wine making equipment that wasn't where we were but i know that the family made wine and mm-hmm. they had they had bottles of it available right so people walking around um, with purple feet feet. I didn't see that, but no. you know. <laughs> Do you usually drink wine? I'll drink wine when I'm. I'll drink it when I'm with my in-laws. Okay. Okay. Because they they like wine. Right. So, right. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, uh, I'm not sophisticated in my my wine knowledge, but yeah, you're not you know, one of those guys. Like, if you want to ever sound like you're knowledgeable, you got to do that thing from the movie Jaws. Where he goes, you gotta get, you gotta let that breathe for a little, <laughs> until Roy Scheider just pours it in there. He's like, you gotta let that breathe. Uh, never mind. I'm more of like uh, Quint. Oh, you're more like Quint. Crush it like Quint with Narragansett. Yeah. No. No, I don't know. <laughs> and there's something I gotta talk about Italy that happened that was totally unexpected. Oh, okay. Okay. So this was the same day that we got rear-ended, but it was earlier in the day. Okay. We, like, the whole family, like, I don't know, I think there were, like, 12 of us. We all were like, let's all go to this one town. And I do not recommend trying to, like, organize 12 family members on a, a ad hoc trip to an Italian town. Okay. That's just too much. We should have broken into smaller groups, but I mean, it was fine. We did break up into smaller groups because it's was. It's in a natural order of things. It's the way it works out anyway, right? It's going to yeah, happen that way. The natural order of things. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. First hilarious part was me not knowing how parking spots were marked because I'm a dumb foreigner. But, you know, we go into this town, Luca, which was not too far you know maybe 45 minutes from where we were staying in the italian countryside lived upstairs from you we lived upstairs from luke no we lived downstairs from, yeah luca lived upstairs from us yeah i think you've seen yeah. him before i think yeah we see yep <laughs> anyway this is this is a cool town uh-huh um, luca is a cool town uh, okay so what's luca it was cool. I mean, first like driving there, then I had to figure out where to park, but then we figured out. But the the old part of the town is like an old, uh, basically a, a star fort, which I don't know if you know what that is. No. But it's like a walled city. like, And so all the walls, like they come out, um, the, the corners are points and there's like more corners to it so that there's more ways that you can defend invading armies because you know you know i was talking about how italy used to be a bunch of like different city states right yeah they're always going to war with each other all the time right so this particular city state had a pretty good uh defensive fortification around it okay so i don't know if i really described it well as a star fort but if you 
anybody who's interested can Google that and see exactly what I was talking about. So you you got to go through a gate to get into the old part of the city, and it was pretty neat. And we go in, and like I didn't done, done any research ahead of time. I just know, oh, this is a town that we can go to. And then I was like, oh, well, this looks cool. Pretty quickly, we come across like the main plaza, and they're like building a, a stage, a temporary stage in there, and setting up for like a festival thing. And we see, oh, it's the Plaza de Napoleone, you know, a piazza, like Napoleon Plaza. And we're like, Napoleon, I thought he was French. Further research uh, led to me to know that Napoleon set up his sister as a princess of the region. And she had her little headquarters in this town or whatever. And so she built a plaza dedicated to her brother. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's all legit. They changed the name for a while, but then they changed it back. But uh, uh, anyway, the thing is, they're setting up this thing, and we see some guys with the fluorescent vests, you know, doing their fluorescent vest stuff. And then you look at it, and then one of the fluorescent vests says, Kiss. Okay. And you're like, what? And then we find, like, a sign for the schedule. So it's going to be, like, a weekly music festival. So every week there's a different band playing, and then mm -hmm. this is the first one. And, yep, the headliner is Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> like actually like, kiss exactly and then like we go like 30 uh i was gonna say 30 feet we'll say 10 more meters down <laughs> along the way and see like there's some tables sitting down there's some people are like slightly getting out their cell phones to take a picture and then we look over and like oh that's paul stanley having an espresso <laughs> like, what with or without makeup without makeup no makeup okay. i was like that's a kiss guy i need to google this and i was like which kiss guy it's paul stanley okay <laughs> at first i was like that's cool and then I was like i'm not gonna be i'm just we're just gonna keep moving and right, so right. you know so that was like this kind of thing like so they were gonna play there that night this was probably like 11 30 in the morning so things were still getting set up uh -huh. But as we're like going through this cool town, looking at all these different stuff, oh my gosh, there was this one square devoted to some classical composer, and I can't remember which one it was, but you know. So it was a musical-centric sort of town? I mean, was that a big part of the... Yeah, I think so. I think they're like, it's one of their big draws is this summer music festival, and... Okay. I mean, but also, yeah, like... There's some his history, some historical figures have lived there. Like, I'd never heard of Luca before, but now I'm like, oh, this is actually, I wish we'd spend more time there and been a little more organized about it because there's a lot of cool stuff to see. But as the day progressed, there was like more and more guys showed up wearing Kiss t-shirts <laughs> and and people in, in the Kiss makeup. And it was like surreal, like, oh, we're in a cool medieval Italian fort town and <laughs> Here's the Kiss Army. <laughs> it's the Italian division of the Kiss Army. <laughs> that would be very surreal, especially if you if you hadn't seen Paul Stanley. That would have been even yeah. even more surreal. It's like what? Yeah, the? but yeah, but luckily, luckily we're very observant crew. The uh, my wife's family and and us we were picked up on some stuff, and then we we're like, okay, cool, and then. You know, uh, as the Kiss Army commenced with their invasion, we realized it was time to go home. Yeah. Just in time to get rear-ended in a Fiat. So. Right, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's 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 cool. Well, if you would have stayed for the, well, I mean, who knows what would would happen had you stayed for the concert? I looked up what the ticket cost was, and I was like, I don't know, it's too much. And also, also, we only paid for a couple hours of parking. So, so I just looked this up. It's a bastion fort. Yeah, a bastion fort. I would call it a bastion. A style that evolved during the early modern period of gunpowder when the cannon came to uh, dominate the battlefield. Oh, yeah. First seen mid-15th century Italy. Allegedly, Michelangelo had something to do with the, the design. Yeah, that was another interesting thing about us telling about the, like, the farmhouse that we lived in. Uh-huh. Lived in. We stayed in. Right. Um, <laughs> of uh, the different aspects to this place is like the doors had all kinds of like iron bars to like reinforce and brace like on the first floor you could totally set yourself up to be to to withstand a raid i guess i don't know it was it was uh interesting pretty robust supports and things robust security system yeah yeah like using using iron and physics and and heavy stuff to keep banditos out or no not banditos in Italy, they're banditi. 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 Ah, okay. Banditi. Yeah, that's how they do the plural. And now this is like family lore, because the reason my in-laws chose this place is uh, one of their long friends since college was actually born in that house. And so he has a, a, the, there's the family lore that during World War II, when the Germans were like retreating from Italy. Um, there was some German soldiers that, you know, they were just sort of going anywhere looking for whatever food or supplies they could get because uh, they were losing. So they, um, there was like actually uh, a little chapel. There's still an, a chapel. It's part of the house, like a family chapel with its own exterior door. Mm-hmm. So before the Germans got there, they went and hid all the extra food and like, whatever guns they had, which probably, you know, a hunting rifle or something really, but they were like, hid all that stuff underneath of the altar in the chapel. So that when the Germans came here and insisted to like, you know, search for whatever they could get, mm-hmm. they couldn't find anything. Cause they didn't, they didn't look under where Jesus was hiding it. So, right. Right. Which that was another neat thing. Like this house had a little chapel in it because which was far away. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, if the, if the priest came over, he could come over and there was a spot to have, uh, Jesus stuff, <laughs> do the Jesus stuff. And yeah. like, the other thing is like the, the interesting part of the villa, the, the room that we stayed in was on the ground floor, which was chosen because Catherine's pregnant. And she was like, you know what? I don't want to go all the way up the stairs. And I was like, good. I don't want to carry the luggage up the stairs. So we stayed on the ground floor, <laughs> but that room we were looking at, we were like, Oh, it had a cool vaulted ceiling. Uh-huh. And then I realized that, Oh, it was the same ceiling that was in the chapel because it's on the same side of the house. And I realized like, Oh, I bet historically, this wasn't a bedroom. It was part of the family chapel. So yeah. we were protected by uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Okay. Although there were pictures of the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, probably in every bedroom. But okay. That was great. I never was so religious until that trip. And now um, I'm like, you know, Jesus is pretty cool sometimes. I, don't, I think. Not just the stuff of wars. 
Most of the stuff. I mean, there was a bit about, yeah, the war stuff. History in general is very, I mean, it's, you know, of course it's going to involve religion. So it doesn't really matter what you believe. It's going to come into play and it's interesting. It's going to come into play. Interesting. It was very interesting. Here is the other awesome part about the villa, which I really have to talk about because it's not still in the family friends family is another you know somebody else bought it but there's still like a connection going on so one of the nights that we were there we had uh them cater a dinner for us oh okay the the people that owned the house right and so basically uh earlier in the day i want to say like three or four italian grandmas come and start cooking and then when it's dinner time we we have uh, food made by actual Italian grandmas. Right. That is like the best uh, Italian food I've ever had. Yeah. Um, they come out and like they, uh, you know, there's an antipasti course full of all the, you know, the cured meats and the, right, the right. stuff and like uh, what you want. And then the main course was lasagna. <laughs> lasagna. So came out and she specifically said, this is lasagna not lasagna lasagna <laughs> and you go and, you, and it was was it was it lasagna it was lasagna <laughs> okay. it was it was better than it was better than any american lasagna you've ever had like it was i the, the noodles were like I'm, i they must have been made by italian grandmas yeah. they were so fresh and good and like everything yeah, and they insisted I take a double portion, and I could not refuse. Right, right. It was really good. You don't want to be disrespectful. I don't want to be disrespectful, no. They weren't trying to fatten you up or anything, were they? When an Italian Nona says, you need to have some more lasagna. Yeah. You're like, you're right, I do. I do. <laughs> what kind of meat was in there? Was it like veal, oh. or was it like, what was, what was the, do you know what the, the meat was, or did they use I, meat, or... There, there was meat in there. I don't remember. It was just really good. Yeah. It was just like the quality of the ingredients. I got kind of spoiled in Italy. It was hard for me to eat after coming back for a little while. I was like, hmm. Where's my lasagna? And also there's there's like some of the basic things about how like they use uh, different strains of wheat in, mm-hmm. in Europe. Right. You know, which... Uh, I, what I've heard, uh, and do I know this for a fact, but it seems like the people that have like gluten reactions uh-huh. in America, which are really popular, right? Um, the strains of wheat that are more used in Europe are less likely to provide, you know, provoke that kind of reaction, oh, okay. which is like interesting. Yeah. Very because, interesting. you know, America, we're like, we need to get the most calorie per for a square inch of farmland, so they go for a certain, you know, strain of wheat, whereas in Europe, like, you know, but this one's better for the pasta, and then, yeah. you know, it's like, uh, I don't know, priorities. Oh, definitely. So that was, like, the best meal that you had, was that? Yeah, that was the best one. Like, well, so, you know, went to different Italian restaurants. Oh, yeah, of course. Got pasta and, and pizza, of course. Um, But that was... Yeah, that was that was probably like just an experience. You it was great. Is there any interest in going back to Italy then? Um, yeah, I would go back next week if I could. You know, 
Well, um, no, but I mean, like in the future, in, like maybe you in know, the future, like, yeah, definitely. Like you know, it was it was a nice um, eye-opening excursion, and you're like, oh yeah, if we came back again, we could do this thing or that thing, and yeah. you know, spend more time in this area or. Right, right. Hey, maybe we could go see Venice next time. You know, it was a very, um, it's a very cool trip. And we were gentle with ourselves as far as scheduling our days because, you know, yes, that's the Catherine's only pregnant. Yeah, there's that. But then also, I mean, I just think it's the only way to do it. That's true. Don't schedule everything. Just kind of, you know, maybe yeah. one or two things that you want to do, schedule those, but then kind of go with the flow for the rest of them is, is always been. And also there's like this general like Southern European thing where like at a certain point in the afternoon, you go take a nap. Yeah. You go and rest. And like if if you're paying attention to your own body energy and like you know oh yeah it's getting warm I do want to go lie down for a bit it's fine and it's, and you get a better experience I think I don't know or maybe I'm just pro nap but it's it's good yeah Very yeah cool. and 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 like it was um we'll we'll say we did do a couple of high points. We went to the Coliseum because Catherine really wanted to go to the Coliseum. And we, you know, that's, yes, you pick a thing you really want to do and you make sure you do that. And then everything else is a bonus. Right. Right. And, and I really wanted to go to see, um, David in Florence. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and so it, it's important to really pick those things. And I didn't realize this ahead of time because, there is like a whole, it's kind of a pain to get tickets to see some of these things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Be, and it's basically because there's like a whole aftermarket, you know, it's it's kind of like the concert tickets. Ticketmaster? Yeah, Ticketmaster, like that whole thing where it's like, you have to buy your tickets ahead of time and you can't get the tickets from the venue ahead of time. You have to get them through a tour broker. And then, of course, they add on their fees, or you have to go to some weird place at the right time to pick up the tickets from the whoever. And it's like, and then everything, like you order something ahead of time and everything comes with a QR code on it. You go up to the person, you show them the QR code, and they're like, no, no, show me the rest of the email. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like uh, the, the oh, QR oh code. You're, you put a QR code on here just to pretend. Look fancy. <laughs> Yeah, you, how you did that to make me feel like you were an actual established thing. But no, you're just somebody with a white umbrella outside of the uh, Academia Gallery. Okay. Yeah. No, no, that just and, goes that just goes to a random uh, Google website. Don't worry about that. It's, that doesn't mean Don't anything. worry about that. Like, I don't confirm anything, but there, this is... I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Just... All Sorry. right. But we got in. We got to go see that. We got to go see David, and I took pictures of him from several angel- angles. From several angels? <laughs> several angels. Yes, angels and angles. Um, yeah, because it was very important to me to make sure I could never be hired in Florida. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about Florida that doesn't like our history. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, here's another thing that I realized, you know, all those Italian sculptures, like, there's always, like, nudity going on. Mm-hmm. Um, going to Italy in the summertime, it's like, yeah, it's hot. I want to take off some layers. 
I don't think it's about sexuality at all. I think it's just there's it's just warm out there. So people just take off their clothes. Oh. Especially when they're statues. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. That was, that was, I, I was wondering, theory. it's like how many shirtless, topless people did you see out there? But I don't see any actually, just, just in the statues. Just the statues. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Actually the thing is like if you want to go into a church, they uh Okay, here's another one of the the street salespeople. Or there's guys out there selling like uh, shawls uh-huh. because um, at the cathedral somewhere you like you can go in for free, but you can't go in if you have bare shoulders. So there's a guy selling shawls right outside. <laughs> it's a shawl stall. A shawl style. Yeah, no, it's it just the street. He's just standing there. He's like, yeah, so like the one, the, yeah, I forgot which cathedral that was. This was in Florence, but there was, you know, somebody just checking people as they go in and be like, okay, that's, that's, you, you can't go in with the bare shoulders. And then they'll be like, hey, five euro, five euro. <laughs> Too racy. But I was, I was prepared. I was prepared with shirts. I I was wearing a shirt. Actually, I think, um, according to our pre-trip uh, research, that that uh, for g- gentlemen, shorts would not be acceptable for going in there. But mm. I didn't see anybody barred for lack of long pants. Yeah, I, it's a little yeah. known fact that uh, in Italy, knees are known as leg shoulders. Leg shoulders. Yeah. Yes. Any kind of joint. <laughs> they're they're very anti-joint in the uh i don't know i think i think maybe the australians must have worn them down as, as far as the shorts thing go because i didn't see any any gentlemen stopped from going in mm, but without the shorts or with the shorts without the shorts with shorts i i wasn't i wasn't actually worried that much about it no. um i was just sort of watching the the shawl seller yeah the shawl seller. Like, yeah yeah. The shawls. Yeah, that was like, that's that's a neat thing. Now, if you wanted to go all the way up in the bell tower, that cost money. Okay. okay. That was a thing. Yeah. At least at that cathedral, whatever it was. But it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, sounds like you had a wonderful time. It was a great time. Yeah. I, I'd go back again. Yeah? It was much better than cats? It was much better than cats. I'll see it again and again. <laughs> okay. The amazing. The second SNL sketch mentioned here. So tell me about the Pringles. The Pringles, man. Because you did some sort of post.